Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to the Zwift Tour de France podcast, episode 10. Episode 10 already. It's the last stage before the rest day. Remember, you can uh, download and stream our podcast on SoundCloud, and you can also uh, find us on iTunes, where it would be nice if you put a bit of a comment or ratings as well. That'd be a, that'd be a nice way for us to uh, have your feedback and understand what you like and what you don't like from this podcast. Joining me today is none other than Dave McKenzie. Hey, Maca. How are we going? How are we going? Could we, be a bit better, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are worse than us. Absolutely. I mean, as Australians, it's pretty uh, devastating. What a drama we had in that stage. Uh, Richie Port crashing out. I was going to say inverted comma in style. What a crash. Yeah, if, if there's a way to go out, gee, he did it, didn't he? Um, yeah, look, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. And I, I don't want to dramatise it or, or make light of it anyway, but, you know... The important thing is, and, and importantly for Richie as well, the sun will come up tomorrow. He'll bounce back. Let's hope he does. Um, cycling cycling doesn't let weaklings into its sport. You've got to be tough. And he's tough. He's, he's proven that before. And this is just a little sidestep for him. Uh, it doesn't mean he can't win the Tour de France. But, you know, it's... It's a massive setback because he put his whole year into it. And, you know, that's what's really... I think that's why I feel for him, because he put his whole year into it. You know, if it was a, you know, if it was his first Tour de France and he was try, it was a learning curve and all that, you can go, oh, well, you know, it's still not good, but, you know, he's got time. And there you go, he's put his whole season into this, and it's, it's really tough. At the moment we're recording this podcast, we have heard that he's OK. Uh, let's have a listen to uh, the doctor that actually assessed him on the side of the road. He was uh, very well conscious and oriented, so it's, uh, it's a good for us. I mean, for the, the first, uh, you know, for, for, for the first billion, for the first uh, uh, check, it was, uh, it was good, pretty good. But we have to wait anyway. We have to wait all the x-ray examination of the body scan and everything in the hospital. But for us, it's, uh, it was most, uh, I mean, a little shock, and, uh, but not so, uh, not so heavy. I mean, not, not so. He was very conscious. So that was the doctor, Florence Pomieschi, uh, was the doctor that assessed him and uh, stabilized him. So he seems to be okay. That's what we know from now. Um, what do you make of that fall in terms of the technical? Where was the mistake? Uh, yeah, good question. It's really hard to tell when you watch the replay because the cameras only picked it up. They picked it up at the right time, as in we got to see the crash, I guess, if you want to analyze it. I think he's either touched his brake too much, tried to overcorrect, and then he's lost, he's just lost control effectively. And once he's off in the dirt at 70 kilometers an hour, very hard to hold your bike upright. You know, the bikes are six kilograms. Richie's about 60 kilograms himself. So there's not a lot of weight to keep that machine and him stable going off, get to get back on the road. So it's, it's a really small error. It's not a crazy error. It's just a small error. And, and it was a technical descent. So he, he shouldn't be too pissed off with himself you know he's just got to cop it and say well I made a mistake and I'll bounce back from it. 
Or if I want to be slightly critical, if Richie wants to win the tour, and don't hold me on this, but it's just uh, being the devil's advocate, uh, Chris Froome doesn't make those mistakes. And it seems that Richie Porte is bringing sort of, sort of bad luck to him. Is it, is, it, is it fair to say or a bit harsh or both? Uh, no, look, it's a, good, it's a good analysis because there's probably going to be a few other reporters and journalists that say that. And I guess my answer to that is you, I'll use the example of Cadell Evans. I think he broke his collarbone five times one year. I'd laugh about it now and Cadell would laugh about it too. But he broke his collarbone, I think, five times in one season. And then he, he had this bad luck and people just said, this guy will not win the Tour de France. And it's just bad luck. It's just bad luck. I know, go back to what you said, Chris Froome doesn't make these mistakes. Chris Froome too used to make these mistakes, but he's learnt a lot over the years. And, and now, yes, he makes less errors. He went off the road two days ago, Chris Froome. You know, he, he's come close a couple of times. He crashed last year. He may have broken his collarbone. You know, it's, it's luck of the draw. It's, a, it's the roll of a dice sometimes, and the dice didn't roll the right way for Richie. Uh, Dan Martin was very, very vocal uh, after, I mean, I believe you, you interviewed him. Um, he said that the organisers got what they wanted, drama. What do you make of this? Or is it just maybe a bit too much? Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's... I like Dan Martin, by the way. I think he's great. And he was, he was so good to talk to all the press pretty much immediately after he crossed the line. I mean, we all swarmed around him, didn't we? Yes, I, heat of the moment stuff, he, with what he said... And I, th I don't think he'd retract it. I think he'll say, well, you know, yes, it's a, we're in the entertainment industry and that's what it is. And, you know, he, kn he, he knows they don't want to see anyone crash. Um, so it was off the cuff a bit. Um, and I think he can be forgiven for saying it soon after the finish. Let's talk about uh, Christopher Froome now, Chris Froome, and this attack from Aru, while Froome had a hand uh, in open air calling for the, for the mechanics to, to come and help him. It's not very nice from Aru. Uh, Christopher Froome, as a gentleman, let's listen to uh, Chris Froome. I didn't actually see that. Um, I was too busy trying to change my bike at that moment and uh, looking for my team car to see where, where the spare bike was. But that group did ease up in front, and I think that was, again, thanks to, thanks to Richie. I think Richie said to the, the other guys, listen, guys, this isn't the moment to attack. What are you doing? Um, and uh, I just want to say thank you to that group and thank you to Richie because, um, yeah, I, I, I don't believe that that is the way to, to race at the Tour de France, to take advantage of someone's bad luck like that. Um, but, yeah, again, just want to say thank you to that group for, for not really taking advantage of that moment. So as I said, Chris Froome, as a gentleman on this, he's saying he hasn't seen anything. I think he's seen everything, but he doesn't really want to comment on it. What do you make on that move? Not, not the nicest move from a cyclist, from a professional cyclist. No, not at all. And, and look, it's not the first time it's happened, has it? But that one was, to me, it was blatant. And I, and I posed the question to Froome. I said, he attacked under your armpit. Your arm's in the air. And he said, yeah, I didn't see it, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought he's diverting a little bit. And then I said... Listen, as an ex-cyclist, I it looked to me like four or five cyclists, the other guys that were there, refused to work with Aru. That's what it looked like. And he said, well, I'll be asking Aru myself, won't I, when I see him next? <laughs> so I thought, good. So I actually think he's being legitimately honest, Chris. I, I think he's saying, I, I actually didn't really pay attention. My mechanical was happening. And he would have been a bit anxious because of his mechanical. They're going up the last climb of the day. He would have been anxious. So I think, you know, I reckon... Uh, 
let's get our cameras around next time he sees our room <laughs> on the start line. It'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. Uh, a strange victory as well because uh, the, the winner of the stage, Uran, didn't know he won until he went to doping. And then someone told him after doping that he actually won that stage. That's incredible. That's crazy. And uh, I'll tell a little secret. I didn't know either for about 10 minutes because, because the thing is, for the people who don't understand, most of the time we have to run out, don't we, before they actually cross the finish line. And a lot of the times there's no monitors for us to see. So we see right up until, well, that stage, we saw right up until a kilometre to go. And then we, I heard the French fans go crazy. So I'm thinking, oh, Warren Barguil was one. And then he didn't win. Iran won. And of all the days happenings, he probably... A lot of the attention was lost on him, so I feel a little bit for Iran. I mean, he'll celebrate anyway, and his team will, but yeah, he probably deserved a bit more. And last thing, Demar is out. Uh, he's been uh, outside the time difference. That's a massive blow for, for the French audience. Again, I'm French. Uh, it's a bit biased, but what the heck is my podcast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good on you. I'll get you in a headlock later. <laughs> but Demar out. Uh, that's pretty. That's 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 quite devastating news for for the French public, I guess, because they, they do like them all. Yeah, look, it's it's twofold, and I guess if I'll be really honest, but I, I don't even actually mean this. It's good news for Michael Matthews, and and in the context of just the brutality of com competitive sport, Matthews won't. He'll he'll sleep well, you know. <laughs> now that Demar is out, however, I agree totally with you. I think the French have been screaming out for some new heroes and they're there they've been coming through and Damar is one of those and it would have been great to see him fight for that green jersey all the way to Paris even if he didn't win it it would have been just good to have him there you know and, and because we want a French winner we need a French winner of the Tour de France and we want to see a French winner of the green jersey and Damar is the man that can do it but it just showed how tough uh, yesterday's stage was Okay, one last thought. Where, where to from now? Because, uh, of course, in Australia, we lost our, our biggest uh, polarizing interest, I would say. Where, where should we look at now? Well, well, for us, I'll say with SBS, 100% now we will zone in and focus a lot on Michael Matthews. You know, that, that's a huge um, uh, competition. It's the second biggest competition, really, arguably. And, you know, he's in a, he's in a big, big position now to try and go for that. Um, he'll have his work cut out with Marcel Kittle, so we'll follow that. And then, of course, I think the Australians for us, you know, the opportunists. But the GC battle, it's, it's not done. You know, you can't, you can't think that Chris Froome's got plain sailing. Yes, if everything goes well for him, he has. But we saw, we saw what happened yesterday. So it, the race isn't over. And he's lost Garen Thomas as well. Yeah, he's, that's right. They're, they're, they're a man down, a strong man down. So it's been a tough, it's been a tough, uh, you know, couple of days for them. It's been a tough week. I mean, look, look at the controversy with Ulrich. Seems a century ago. It was only a few days ago. I know, I know, I know. It's you know that was way back in Dusseldorf, and then we have Sagan, Sagan Cavendish, and then and then there's a couple of things, and then and then what happened yesterday with Richie Port, Dan Martin, the crashes, Fabio Aru. There's always drama. It is a it is a storybook drama, isn't it? I will take a short break. Uh, straight after that, we'll talk to the neutral service and what are they doing on the tour and to understand how many wheels they've got, how many bikes. Uh, we'll talk to uh, someone from the uh, neutral service car. Uh, thanks, uh, Dev. We'll take a short break and then we'll see you as well because we have to talk about the rest day and what's happening on the rest day straight after this. Oh, yeah, I need a coffee. Absolutely. Don't go anywhere. 
Zwift is an indoor cycling platform where you can connect with a global community of cyclists at any time. You can chat with people all over the world, share in group rides, get encouragement from total strangers right on, who quickly become your new riding buddies and train harder and faster with competition on a global scale. Check out Zwift for yourself at Zwift.com today. I'm uh, with uh, Maxime Ruffy from uh, Mavic. Uh, hi, Maxime. Hi, how are you? Really well. Mavic uh, is uh, the yellow cars that you follow uh, the riders on the road. We see you a lot, actually, on, on TV. Tell us about your role. You play an important part of the, of, of, of the peloton, of the race. Yeah, definitely. We are here uh, on the Tour de France with uh, three cars and one model. So uh, we've got two cars and one model be, uh, before the, the, the peloton, uh, in front of the peloton and one at the back. So uh, for us, we've got a lot of work, especially uh, it will start today when, uh, when it's pretty hilly and a uh, lot of climbs. And uh, so we cover um, the, the riders when there is a small gap. So usually we take the, the breakaway uh, when it's about like 20 seconds. And after we take it with uh, first the motors and after the car. And we've got a car at the back also for the climbs, uh, which uh, when the people, the, the riders got dropped, uh, we just follow always the leader with the, the president of the race. How do you carry uh, so much gear, I guess? Because everything's different, so I guess you have to standardize a bit. But talk to us about how many wheels do you have, how many bikes, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, 10 pairs of wheels in each car. Uh, we've got six bikes in each car as well. And uh, we've got also some disc wheels in, uh, in, in, in our car, but uh, Actually, we check every morning because we don't know who is going to ride on, this, uh, on these wheels. Uh, since the start, we, we saw only uh, Marcel Kittel, so we didn't use uh, the disc wheels uh, much, but uh, we've got it in case to be able to, to, to be here for everyone. So how do you make a, the choice uh, in a split second when a, a rider needs a wheel? How do you know, oh, it's a disc wheel, it's not a disc wheel? I guess if it's not Kittel, it's not a disc wheel. Yeah, uh, here it's pretty easy because only Marcel is uh, riding with disc wheels, but we just need to check all the teams at the start to know uh, which team is riding what. And it's the same for uh, pedals on the bike. Uh, we've got on our bike uh, all the pedals uh, that are in the peloton, Luke, uh, Speedplay, Shimano, and one rider is with uh, Time. And so, yeah, we just check, we know what the team are using and, uh, and uh, that's how we do. That must be a logistical nightmare for you. No, that's all right, actually. We are doing the full season, so usually the, the team got always the same materials. So, so yeah, it's, just, it's always the same, we, we know very well. And uh, also for the wheels, we've got a standard because uh, everyone is 11 speed. So Campagnolo or Shimano, it's working. So we are not worried about that, yeah. What about what happened last year with Christopher Froome, with Froome uh, when he got one of the bikes but the bike wasn't on the, the right size and he struggled? The first time ever we saw actually a yellow jersey running without a bike. Uh, that's changed something for you guys? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the thing is, uh, uh, I'm talking, I mean, I was, it wasn't me, I was uh, behind the breakaway so I wasn't the mechanician at the back. So I just saw it on TV like, like you guys. But um, the thing is, uh, yeah, it was at 3K to, to the finish. Uh, Chris broke his bike, so the mechanic just gave uh, the biggest bike we had, so it, it was a large one. Uh, we had all, all type of pedal, but it, it, the thing is, was at the finish, so it wasn't a good pedal. So after uh, Chris had to, to, to run and everything. So for sure, we changed a little bit uh, how we work. So now we've got six bikes on the, on the car, and we, we, we made something, a, a, dro a dropper post, on each bike, uh, which can cover uh, two sizes. 
and uh, we take the measure of all the leaders of the race so we can help all the leaders and also the other one as uh, you can adjust it with a, a drop of post so pretty easily. So we won't see what we saw uh, last year if in case it happened again Chris or anybody will have a bike ready at least at the, the good height. Yeah, sure. Uh, hopefully for the riders, we're not going to see it again because uh, it wasn't good for, for Chris. So, yeah, finger crossed, not going to happen again in case we are ready. How long has Mavic been uh, associated with the Tour de France? Uh, it's been 40 years, actually. Uh, it's uh, our anniversary, uh, 40 years that we are doing the Tour de France and uh, more than 40 years that we are doing the, the neutral support everywhere. So, yeah. And one last question, when do you get the wheel back? If, uh, if, if someone goes with your wheels, I'm sure you're not giving them the wheels. Or are you charging them the wheels or are you getting the, the, the gear back at the end? No, usually we just uh, give the, the wheels that is flat uh, to the team at the end so they can change the, the tubular uh, in the evening. And for our wheels, we just come back in the morning and uh, we take the wheels back. Actually, everyone knows each other in the teams, so teams and us. So uh, yeah, there is no problem with that. Uh, it was a great insight. Thank you, Maxim. Yeah, thank you very much. When Zwift first started, we had but a few short kilometres you could ride. Now Zwift has almost 100 unique kilometres of road with a seemingly endless variety of routes you can take around the world. And they're always adding more roads to ride. And the roads are really cool too. There's the streets of London where you can pass by Parliament or Harold's. There's the roads of Watopia which take you through underwater tunnels and through a volcano or you can even ride the Richmond 2015 UCI World Championships course. That's my favourite. Can't wait to see what they add next. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. Uh, welcome back to the Zwift to the Front podcast. It's now time to talk about uh, what's happening uh, tonight. Not a great deal happening on, on TV because it's a, it's a race day, but there's a lot happening uh, in the ins and out of the, tour, of the tour, starting with your laundry, I think, uh, Maka. Well, I t yeah, I tell you what, this morning, you know what happened this morning? I got up and uh, one of my shirts had left the room. It had actually got itself out of the room and it was roaming up and down the hallway of the hotel. I pleaded with it to come back to the room. Going, wash me, wash me, wash me. Yeah, there was a bit of a discussion. It was, it was a bit like, you know, I'd, I'd abducted the T-shirt and it was calling out to the police, help, help. Anyway, yes, laundry is high on the agenda. Uh, there's a lot more happening there uh, than our laundry. Uh, what's happening for the for the riders? Because it's a rest day. Is it really a rest day? Not not necessary, yeah. No, look, it is for the riders. For us, the press, it's not at all. People think, yeah, well, at least you have a couple of rest days as well. The rest days for a lot of years are actually harder for us, and I'll tell you why. It's because we might need to go and do say three or four press conferences. So let's say Sky, BMC, Orica, and maybe the team of Alberto Contador. Let's say, for example, they're all staying in four different hotels in four different towns. So you end up driving two to three hundred kilometres trying to do these press conferences. Or we've got two crews here, so we split and do two each. So they're long days. You don't necessarily achieve much, but you have to feed the beast. You have to feed the media beast. And, you know, so, yeah, we've got a bit of work to do. I do know that BMC are not having a press conference. So uh, that's good news, just quietly. Uh, Team Sky will have, and of course, uh, in one way or another, we will cover that. But yeah, it's, no, it's not a rest day at all. And, and of course, this time, there's also the driving because we are crossing France. 
not in his best way, from east to west. And that's not, for people that know France, and I can safely say this, it's not the best way to cross it. The motorways are not the best this way. No, no, it's either way, it's a long, it's a long one. We've got, what, 250, 300 kilometres tonight when we leave the finish line, you know, in an hour or so. So, you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, bang, depart. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, 300 kilometres, 300 k's the next day or thereabouts. Get to the press conference, do that, file stories, do what we've got to do, um, you know, and if you're lucky, laundry. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a holiday. For the riders, when I say it's not really a rest day, it's not a rest day like you and me could uh, consider staying on the sofa watching SBS On Demand, not Netflix, SBS On Demand. Uh, they still do a bit of work, of course. Yeah, it's true. Look, they'll they'll do a two-hour bike ride, give or take. Some riders like to do a bit more, some maybe do a bit less, but they actually have to ride because their body can shut down. Because they've been racing every day for, what, eight or nine days now, it's quite easy for their bodies. They're so used to racing, they actually need to keep it ticking over. They'll get a good one-hour massage. They'll probably have a sleep in. They won't be up early. They'll sleep in. They'll go at a really casual hour, pro hours as we call them, 11 a.m. or something like that, two hours, lunch, massages in the afternoon. But everyone in the team, is a, they're less rushed. So the Swan News aren't rushed trying to get all the massages done before dinner. The mechanics are a little bit relaxed. They can sort of tweak the bikes, make sure they're, you know, triple check them I guess instead of double checking them um, so it's just all those things everyone rebooting you know for the next phase of the race uh, how much are they looking forward to the race day do you think oh massively <laughs> look more than us uh, yeah I think so I think so or as much I mean um, I rode one grand tour and it was only one rest day when when yeah, through my era and I can tell you the rest day I loved it I loved it I was I did I think I did one hour and a half in that one hour and a half ride I stopped at a coffee shop for two hours. So, and then the rest of the time I lied in the bed, had a massage, went down the street for a cafe and just to try to escape the cycling, you know, buzz and switch off. And so, no, the riders will look forward to it. Some of them, their wives and partners, girlfriends come to the race so they can really switch off from it, their family, stuff like that. So it, it is, a, they try and be as low-key as possible. Okay, well, this is it for the podcast today, but stay tuned on the one tomorrow uh, because we'll have a feature interview, exclusive interview with Tommy Vauclair. Thomas Vauclair uh, speaks to us in English and that's going to be the, the podcast for tomorrow. Thanks, Maka. Uh, I bet uh, you're looking forward for your rest day as well. I am, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to switch on the podcast and listen to Tommy Vauclair. Fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you. And this is it for us uh, on this uh, 10th episode of the Zwift to the Front podcast. Let me remind you that you can download or stream on SoundCloud you can also uh, register on iTunes and actually if you're on iTunes why not give us a comment why not give us a, a ratings it's always good to have a ratings uh, and it makes uh, it makes us climb up in the in the charts as well if we decide to go after Lance Armstrong uh, next podcast tomorrow would be on a rest day we'll have an exclusive interview with the tongue Tommy Vaucler and that's coming up tomorrow but on behalf of the whole SBS staff working on this podcast from today it's goodbye au revoir and à demain Thanks to Zwift for sponsoring the SBS Tour de France podcast every day of the 2017 Tour de France. You can ride and listen to this podcast by joining SBS Group Rides on Zwift. Guys, go and check it out today. Visit Zwift.com to learn more.